Hello and welcome along to the Property Development Live podcast. My name is Paul Merrick. With me today, Margaret Ann Merrick and Martin Davis. Let me firstly apologise for our podcast being a little bit late this week. It's been a very hectic time for us in the Merrick household. Our son returned to school after several weeks off for the summer and of course the lockdown. This is the first opportunity we've had to record this podcast And I'm very glad to be doing so because this is a very special podcast. This is our 20th podcast. And if you cast your mind back to when we first started these podcasts, we did so because we were all in lockdown. Because it was impossible for myself to get out and speak to you guys face to face. It was impossible to get the message across that we wanted to get across from Property Development Live other than to use a medium that we could use whilst in lockdown. And that's why we started the podcast. We're now slowly and surely climbing out of lockdown. The activity on the site has become much greater than it was during lockdown. And the guys are becoming real developers. And I hope you're going to keep following their journey. But the bad news is that this will be the last podcast. As we go back to normality, we can communicate with you in different ways. There will still be the opportunity to join us on the YouTube channel, and of course, there will be the opportunity to join us on the Property Development Live Facebook page. But this will be the last podcast. And as it is the last podcast, what I thought we would do is look back over the last few weeks and see the highlights of what we think were the best parts of the podcast that we've brought you. So myself, Margaret Ann, and Martin will tell you our favourite bits of the podcast. And you can join in on the Facebook page and tell us your favourite parts of the podcast. But let me introduce, firstly, one of my favourite parts of the 20 podcasts that we have delivered so far. And that was an interview I had with Sonny, one of the developers on Property Development Live. And Sonny's realisation that development isn't easy, that development isn't simple, and that property is not a get-rich-quick scheme that it is hard work, that it does take a lot of commitment and that it can be very stressful. But why don't we let Sonny tell you that in his own words? And and what is it about property that drew you to property in the first place? I mean, of all the different businesses you could have got involved in, why did you choose to get involved in property? Well, I tried initially to get into the pharmaceutical sector because obviously that's what I'm trained in. But the, the barriers to entry were quite high, and um, I needed too much capital to really get started in that. And I just thought property was another way that I could kind of achieve the same kind of results, but there wasn't those barriers to entry that there was um, obtaining a, a pharmacy licence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the things that many people see about property, is mm-hmm. that it's, um, it's an easy way to borrow money, and it's a... It's seen that as a, a kind of um, an easy way into business. Mm-hmm. Have you found it an easy way into business? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. And, you know, not that I um, ever found my pharmacy job too stressful, want to leave it. You know, it, it, is, it can be a quite a, a stressful um, industry to work in, particularly, you know, I've worked in hospitals and stuff like that, and that can be quite tight. But the property stuff has been tenfold more stressful um, than I ever found my, my working career as a pharmacist. 
first clip I've chosen is from episode three, which was Meet the Developers. And it's a clip with Martin and John. And what they're talking about is John's previous experience in development and how property development live changed his experience of development, what he was looking for, what he felt he was lacking previously. And I picked this clip because I think it's important to show the realistic challenges of development and also because I think it encapsulates what Property Development Live was trying to achieve, which was to give people the support that they needed in the way that they needed it and also to enable them to expand their knowledge, to grow their skills and to feel more confident about development. Most recent project I've done um, has been the biggest one so far, which was a significant challenge for me. I think I, I bit off a bit more than I could chew with it. Sort of when I realised I needed to um, network more and find people who, you know, uh, were more experienced than, than I I was to sort of get me to the, the next stage. I, I realised that I was really struggling. Why do you think you were struggling? Um, it's harder. It's lonely. Um, having 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 a team working in a team it can be great fun. Um, you know, bouncing ideas off other people. You know, sometimes you get stuck um, and you can't you can't see the next step. Um, and other people can can give you confidence as well. Property Development Live is about giving people confidence. It's about giving them the confidence to take the next step, to let them see how more experienced developers and more experienced property professionals like Paul would face the challenges and overcome them that are inherent in every development. And Property Development Live was also about giving confidence to the listeners at home. And you know, we had lots of positive feedback of, from people saying that listening to the podcast gave them knowledge that they didn't have and also empowered them to go out and take the next step or to approach their property journey differently. Here are some of my memorable moments from the podcast we have produced over the last few months. In this clip, Tom Purcell asked Paul Merrick about the key influences in his business life. I'm interested, Paul, did you ever have a mentor that you bounced ideas off? What's really interesting is I don't believe that you need a mentor in the particular business that you're in. I think you can have a mentor in any business because I believe property is a business. I don't believe it's an investment. I, you know, I, I object greatly to this concept that it's an investment. It's not an investment. And let me tell you why it's not an investment. Property is a business and property is a business because... If you buy or you rent property, you have a customer. If you have a customer, you have a business. And if you have a business, you have a job. So I am completely against this theory that it's an investment, like buying stocks and shares. It's a business. So most of my experience wasn't with property people. It was with people in businesses outside of um, property. And two of my key mentors where a chap called Walter Sterling and a chap called Michael Beckett, both from the motor trade. And I learned different things from, from each mentor. And they never knew they were mentors. They never said, I'm going to be your mentor. I just learned from being around them. But what I learned from Walter was an attitude to life. And what I learned from Michael was detail. 
So the detail that Michael taught me was, you know, know your product very well. Understand your product better than any customer and ideally better than your competition. And what I learned from Walter was an attitude to life, which I think sums up life perfectly, not just property, not just business, but life. And here was Walter's motto. And I heard that every time that I was down, every time that I was lost, every time that I was confused, Walter would say to me, Paul, it'll be a bugger, but it'll be all right. It will be a bugger, but it will be all right. And what Walter meant was, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy, but it will be all right. You will work your way through it. And that's been my philosophy, not just for business, but for life. That was Paul Merrick talking about the key influences in his business life. Wasn't that great pithy advice for any business owner? This clip that I've chosen is Paul, and he's talking about values. He's talking about customers. It's a valuable insight into how you can approach issues and problems in business, in property, in development, from a slightly different perspective. If you have one value proposition and really believe that and really focus on it and have it in the forefront of your mind every time you deal with a customer, then you will have customers that you choose, not customers that choose you. There's a concept, isn't it? I don't want to have customers who choose me, who decide or decide not to buy off me today. I want customers who I choose, who I choose as my customers. There's a great book that talks about a chap who had a printing company and he had about 80% of his customers were never really satisfied with his product or service and made small orders and made a lot of complaints. And he had about 20% of his customers who made big orders and made very little complaints. And eventually one day he said, you know what, I am going to sack the 80%. I am going to go back to these 80% of customers and say, we don't want your business, thank you very much. And I'm going to focus all my efforts and all my energies into the 20%. The 20% who give him the big orders and didn't complain. And what he was able to do when he did that was make the 20% even happier than they already were because he was focusing all of his energies on them. I think lots of listeners will have found those concepts challenging, not just the thought of turning away customers, but actually the earlier point about drilling down into your values, into your value proposition. And that's why this clip was so important because it's about focusing, it's about being ruthless, it's about being out of your comfort zone, it's about challenging yourself as well as challenging your ideas about your property, about your business, about your development, about your customers. All of that demands a degree of integrity, it demands a degree of courage, um, but if you take those steps then you will be rewarded through your business having a very solid foundation. Margaret Ann was speaking there about the integrity of the business. And the integrity of our property business is very important to both me and Margaret Ann. Margaret Ann's been my business partner for almost 20 years. But before that, she had a windswept and interesting life, travelling internationally, working for an aid agency. And Margaret Ann's going to speak a little bit in this interview that she did with one of our friends called Kate about her experience of being 
involved in the aid agency. And the foundations, the morals, the principles that she brought from that work into our property business. So you must have heard some very inspiring stories over the years and met people who've done some fairly amazing things. Is there any particular instance you can talk about that would really paint a picture for us of why communications is so important for getting that message out to the wider public? I think sometimes people miss that communications and journalism is it's a big responsibility you know being a journalist is about giving people a voice it's about giving people a platform and often people will confuse journalists with columnists they'll think that journalists are about telling their own point of view and that's that's not a journalist that's a columnist and a journalist is about giving other people a platform so they can tell their stories. It's not about the journalist knowing everything, it's about the journalist finding the people who know and making them accessible. So it's journalist's job is to find experts, to interview them, to find the people who are at the heart of stories and to bring their voices to as wide an audience as possible. And that is a big responsibility because you have a responsibility to the audience and you have a responsibility to the people whose words you are reporting. It's important that you don't change the meaning of them. It's important that you don't add your own bias or slant to it. It literally is about being a conduit for other people. It's about telling other people's stories and you know, definitely working in an aid agency like Skia and meeting people from all parts of the globe with completely different life experiences. Um, people who were living with HIV AIDS, people who were fleeing to refugee camps in Darfur, people who had survived the tsunami, um, meeting people who had been in extreme situations, who had been in life-threatening situations, and also meeting the people who worked with them, You know, pe meeting people who worked on Justice and Reconciliation in Rwanda, who had lost family, um, but were now working towards peace. Uh, it was a big responsibility to bring their words and their stories back to Scotland, and indeed not just to Scotland sometimes because of the network of aid agencies that we worked with. Sometimes the stories we were bringing back were going out to other countries too. It was a responsibility to honour their stories to honour their life experiences and it was also a privilege it was a privilege to be given access to them for them to share their stories with me that sense of responsibility and privilege it's it goes hand in hand actually working in communications working in PR working in journalism it's both a responsibility and a privilege and I'm very grateful for all the experiences it has brought me for all of the amazing people it has allowed me to meet and to work with. And, you know, and definitely some of those people, some of those stories are with me all the time. You don't walk away from some stories. Some stories stay with you and live with you. That duality, the duality of responsibility and privilege um, is a theme. It's a thread that also runs through to my work in property. In fact, one of the 
first radio features that I did was a feature about housing and homelessness. And having come through working on the local newspaper, I attended lots of housing meetings and council meetings, housing association meetings. And indeed, I went on to serve on the management board of the local housing association because I was very passionate about housing. I was very passionate about people's right to a safe, secure home. And actually that need, that need for a home, that need for security in that home, that need for that home to be safe, that is universal. And, and I could see that across all of my work. But I could also see that providing a home um, was both a privilege and a responsibility. And that view is the view that I took into working in property. And indeed, it's one of the values or principles that I know myself and Paul share. And it's been interesting watching how the, the property industry has changed and watching kind of the peaks and troughs, not in a financial sense, but actually in the sense of the people becoming involved in the industry. Lots of people are drawn to it and they see it as a financial opportunity. And they're almost oblivious to the fact that providing a home to people is not just about finances, it's a responsibility and it's a privilege. It's a privilege if you can provide a home for someone. Appreciating that is integral to what we do, what myself and Paul do in our business and it's integral to the messages that we're trying to put out on Property Development Live as well. And commercial property is important from that point of view too. If you're providing a base for someone's business, then that business will enable them to feed their families, clothe their families, pay for their housing. So you have to view property through that prism of both privilege and responsibility. In this clip, Paul Merrick talks to Sonny, one of our developers, about a very different approach to raising JV funding. Tell them about after you started focusing on being a developer. Yeah, no doubt. So basically stop trying to go down south of London to find the money, just spent way more time on site. I mean, I've been on there on site today from about half seven in the morning, just got back not too long ago. Uh, more time with the guys, more time in meetings and more time ultimately doing development. And I've learned more in the last six months than I have in the last five or six years. The, the, some of the, the small things I've learned, well, one of the things was, um, I mean, you know, my day job was a pharmacist, you know, never know anything about machinery or mechanics, nothing like that. And um, not long ago, I went to view a crane um, that was on a wagon, went to view it, got in the you know, driver's seat, got to see him operating. Um, and we ended up buying that. And even today, we've been, we've been using it to move containers around, to rip out a lot of piping, move stuff around on site. And just that purchase alone, you know, already in the, the maybe five or six times we've used it, we've made the money back. You know, in terms of if we had to hire that out, it'd be a few hundred pounds each time we've had to use a crane. So we've got a money back on that already, and we haven't even started the bulk of the construction yet. And then we've got the advantage of actually selling that when the project finishes. And that's just one one small small little piece of how much um, I guess I've gained in the last six months. That was Paul Merrick talking to Sonny, one of our developers, about being much more effective at raising JV funding. In this clip, Paul Merrick talks about the difference between good debt and bad debt. It had a big effect on the way I think about financing property. So let me just establish what I think about debt. 
I think that's a tool, like a hammer or a chisel. And I don't think most people can build a house without a hammer or a chisel. I don't think you can build a house without a cement mixer. I don't think you can build a house without borrowed money for the vast majority of people. There are exceptions to that rule, but for the vast majority of people, you're probably not going to do development without borrowing money. Now, as long as you're borrowing some money and not all of the money, and as long as you intend to pay that money back, then debt's a good thing. So the analogy that I always use is, imagine debt was a hammer and you took it out the box and you hammered the nail in. In other words, you know, it's a tool to do a job. But when you were finished, you put the, the hammer back in the box. Everybody following this analogy? Now that, that's great debt. I've borrowed it. I've built my development. I've made my profit. I've paid back my loan. I've paid back my interest. I'm done. And I can do it again. That kind of debt I like. The kind of debt I don't like is the kind of debt that goes on for 25, 30, 40, 50 years. So I don't like interest-only payments on, say, something like a buy-to-let. So if you imagine that you took that hammer out of the, the box and you carried it every day and you never laid the hammer down. So when you lifted the hammer out of the box, it felt like it was two pounds. Does that make sense to everybody? It weighed two pounds. See the analogy between the money and the hammer? It's very clever, isn't it? It weighed two pounds, right? But if you carried it for a long time, it would start to feel like it was four pounds or six pounds or eight pounds. It would start to get very heavy if you could never put it down. Does that make sense? So I believe a good property business has two forms of income, right? One is what I call wealth creation and one's what I call wealth production. Wealth creation is like rental income. You know, it's lots of little drips in the bucket. And one day, you know, you'll have a big rental portfolio and you'll be very privileged to have lots of money coming in from your, your rent portfolio. But at the moment, it's going to grow very slowly. But wealth production, going out and working and making the money, i.e. development, can bring you big chunks of money. That was Paul Merrick talking about the difference between good debt and bad debt. And it really changed the way I think about financing property. In this clip, Paul Merrick talks to one of our developers, Andy Brock, who found a better way to use his SAS pension to finance his development. I think it's interesting that this is a commercial building and it gives lots of opportunities in the ways that you can buy a commercial building as opposed to a residential property. So have you learned a great deal about that? Uh, yes, so I set up my SAS last year for my consulting company that I, that I run. And I was really keen to start using the SAS, uh, well, certainly half of my SAS pot for commercial uh, development. And so what I've done, rather than buy it within the SAS, uh, I'm actually going to be doing a loan back to my uh, sponsoring company so that I can uh, get the funds to do the development. And I think SASs are a very useful way if people have a reasonable sized pension pot to buy property, particularly commercial property. Yeah. But what you have done is even more interesting. So maybe if you could break that down for people, the way you were originally going to do it and how you thought you would do it that way, but actually as you learned the process, if you like, you discovered that there was a better way to do it. If you could break that down, I think that would be really useful. Uh, yes, so certainly to, to start with, it, the reason I set up my SAS was because I wanted to do uh, commercial development. And so uh, having the, the option to buy the commercial building within the SAS was there. It was a lot more under my control than within a SIP, so that was one another reason that I was really keen on it. Uh, but it was only after I'd done training with my trustees that I, I discovered that there was a, a loan back option where I could actually lend uh, up to half the value of my SAS pot back to my uh, sponsoring company. 
one of the reasons for me to do that is uh, so I work in risk management. I uh, I like the idea of the the loan being away from property. So the loan is being done against my against my company. So yeah, so from my perspective, the one of the key things for the SAS is uh, keeping your pension safe, and so I, that that was the way I felt was the, the safest way to do this development. This clip with Paul and Martin almost strikes me as a mission statement for Property Development Live because it includes the two main staples of every episode of the podcast, of every video on the YouTube channel, of every discussion on the Facebook page. And what those two principles are, are that a positive mindset is integral to moving forward and also here are practical steps that you can take to address this particular issue. So I think that's what we're really talking about, isn't it? It's, it's, it's having that positive influence um, on your own business, on your own mindset, and, and hopefully if you're at home with your family, having that positive influence on your family. There's lots of podcasts out there at the moment that are going to tell you about the doom and gloom and despondency of this situation. And certainly this is a, this is a very overwhelming situation. In that context... Let's talk about three different areas where you can be proactive. First is relationships, the second is research, and the third is risk. Property Development Live was about attitude, and it was also about practical steps. And I know we've had lots of positive feedback from people through emails, through messages, saying that they really valued that combination of the personal and the professional, of the attitude and the practical steps. And that is the biggest achievement that we can have with a podcast like this, is for people to come back and say it has impacted on them, has impacted on how they're moving forward um, in their business and professionally and personally. And that it has educated them, it has challenged them, it has encouraged them and it has empowered them to take the next steps on their own property development journey. I'd just like to say how much I've enjoyed working with you and Margaret Ann over the last few months in putting these podcasts together. They've been lots of fun and I've actually surprised myself at the wisdom and learning we've all managed to put together in the property development space. It has been a real pleasure to work on the Property Development Live podcast. It has been great to spend time um, chatting with Paul and Martin about the issues that we've covered. It's been fascinating to find out about the journeys of the individual developers involved with Property Development Live. And it's also been a privilege to bring together such a diverse team We have had people from across the UK. We have had people from different minority groups. We have had myself. And it may seem bizarre that in the year 2020, having a woman on a property podcast is something unusual. But definitely from the feedback, it seems to be. And it was something that we were conscious of, that there are lots of women who work in property and who don't necessarily 
get given a platform, they can quite often feel marginalised and specifically in property, which is a very male dominated industry. So it was important for us to reflect that actually in our business, we're very aware of the fact that women need visibility in the property industry and that they don't often get it. And this is especially true of the property podcasts in the UK. Thank you for giving me that opportunity and thank you for acknowledging and recognising it. I'm Margaret Ann Merrick and thank you for listening to me and to the Property Development Live podcast. I'd like to thank Margaret Ann and Martin very much for joining me over the last 20 weeks here on the Property Development Live podcast. They have been great company and great colleagues and I think contributed some great information. Let me also thank all of the guests that we've had here on Property Development Live over the last 20 weeks, not least of which, of course, is the three developers from Property Development Live. If you want to learn more about those three developers and the concept of Property Development Live, remember that the Facebook will still be available and so will the YouTube channel. I think the most important people are indeed the developers. So I'm going to leave the final words with one of our developers. Sonny, who was a frontline worker throughout the whole of lockdown, had something very important to say about what property and development is all about. So I will leave you with the wisdom of Sonny. You've been involved now for a couple of months. Um, just finish on what your biggest learning is to date. Well, it's been so many in such a short period of time. Um, but I guess the biggest learning today is uh, that it, things aren't always just about numbers, procedures and processes. It's the people that govern them. And just from seeing uh, the way people like yourselves deal with people, um, that is actually the nuts and bolts of development. It's not you know, spreadsheets and um, charts. It's actually a, a people project. Mm-hmm.